This is 100 Days of Dante, a podcast journey through Dante's divine comedy, one canto at a time. Join us online at 100daysofdante.com. Let's read together. At the beginning of Canto 11 of the Inferno, we find Dante and Virgil in a rare moment of repose. Now that they've made it through the danger of the Gates of Dis, and as they begin to embark into the lower realms of hell, there is a brief pause in the journey. This pause allows for a moment of reflection, a chance to prepare for what awaits our pilgrims on the road ahead. As we might consider our own moments of pause and reflection, how often are those moments filled with a deep breath? Here, Dante and Virgil are compelled to notice their breath as the smell from the upcoming realm is so putrid so acrid, they must. Virgil advises Dante, we should take our descent a little slow, letting our sense grow used to the foul air a little, then we will not mind it so. Dante and Virgil use this pause in their progression into the bowels of hell to take in the overarching view of the logic and structure of hell. For indeed, there is logic and structure. Hell is not simply punishment. It is the culmination of God's justice. So what is the order of hell? Why is it designed thus and not otherwise? So far, we've followed in a general sense the seven deadly sins as we have spiraled down and leftward into our journey. We've encountered the sins of incontinence, sins like lust, gluttony, avarice, wrath, and sloth. We journey deeper down to the city of Dis, where we made our initial transition into lower hell. Here, Dante will encounter the effects of even more egregious sin, the sins of violence and fraud. As they pause on the journey, Virgil explains to Dante they, that first, they will encounter the sins of violence. This is the first ring of lower hell. Violence, a distortion of the passions and the will that turns humans into beasts, can be committed against one's neighbor, against oneself, or against God. Once they make their way through this ring, they will descend even further into the sins of malice and fraud. So we might initially ask the question, why would sins of fraud or malice be considered worse than sins of violence? Sins of violence can and do lead to death. Surely this is a worse crime than, say, swindling someone out of money. Dante, the poet, anticipates this question, and so we must let Virgil advise us to help us more fully understand why these sins create even more distortion and disruption in our life with God. As Virgil explains, since fraud's a sin peculiar to mankind, God hates it more. And so the fraudulent sink further down, assailed by greater pain. Fraud is uniquely human, for it entails deception. For fraud to occur, you have to first know truth. It is the only way to defy or distort truth. Thus, sins of fraud entail not only a disordering of passions, but also of the intellect. The intellect is one of the highest gifts given to humankind. Like violence, there are degrees of fraud. Fraud against nature, fraud against our neighbors, fraud against our families. We discover through Virgil that the darkest sin of all awaits us at the center of hell, 
fraud against God. Dante will encounter all these forms of fraud as they journey onward. So the final reflection in Canto 11 draws our attention to the sin of usury. This is a rather curious way to end a canto that purports to offer a view of the grand tectonics of hell. Usury, of course, is the making of money off of money, typically through the charging of interest as one lends money. Virgil has particular comments to make regarding this sin, calling it an offense against God's bounty. Dante's confused by this description. Why would usury be defined in such a way? Why would it be such an egregious sin to lend money for profit? The response prepares the way for us to consider more fully what it means to be human, as Virgil offers key insights about humankind's proper work. He responds to Dante's question by describing usury in the following way. From intellect divine and from its art and in your physics, if you gloss it well, you'll find not many pages from the start that your art strives to follow as it may nature. You are the pupil, she the teacher. So we might say that human industry is the grandchild of God. From these two things, remember the first part of Genesis. Man must derive his life and his advance. So in other words, usury is a rejection of creativity. The usurer does not reap the fruits of his own labor as God commands in Genesis 2. Rather, usurers take the sweat of other people's work, using money itself to make more money. An unnatural kind of fecundity where money begets money. Usury is a rejection of humankind's participation in the handiwork of God's creativity on earth. It is to deprive God of, in Virgil's words, God's grandchildren. With this insight established for Dante, the two men are now ready to continue their descent downward. Thank you for reading Dante's Divine Comedy with us. Continue the journey at 100daysofdante.com. 100 Days of Dante is brought to you by the Baylor University Honors College with support from the Tory Honors College at Biola University, the Templeton Honors College at Eastern University, the University of Dallas, Whitworth University, and Gonzaga University in Florence.